another game week's done game week six is out of the way and now we're starting to see our seasons maybe take shape a little bit i know a lot of people were waiting to get to game week seven waiting for the chelsea uh, fixture swing to take place before they can play their wild card and so on so greg uh welcome back for another episode are you going to be playing your wild card this week I'm actually in a pretty pretty nice position, I think, with my team. Um, I had a small green arrow this week, uh, 52 points, and average was 43. So it, it could have been a lot better. I think uh, I, I went for Salah captain, and uh, I mean, if he just managed to score one more goal or get another assist, it really would have had a huge impact with that, the number of people who captained Ronaldo. Um, but I was, I was generally happy, and I'm, I'm, I must be honest, I'm pretty happy with my team. Uh, I'm looking to bring in, or I have already actually made an early transfer for the f- for the first time probably since the since the game started this year. Uh, I've brought Alonso in for um, for Luke Shaw, uh, but fed up with the with the Man United defence. But uh, the, my team, I think, is looking pretty decent at the moment. So no plans to wildcard. Nice one. So uh, before I get into my week. I just thought I'd let our listeners know that we're going, you know, we're changing up the format of the show a little bit. So, you know, usually we would do, so far we've been doing a preview show and review show. And um, I've been, I've been looking at the numbers. I'm not going to lie. You know, everybody seems to like the preview show more, rightfully so, because everybody wants to know. Nobody's interested in the past. Everybody wants to know what to do going on, going, <laughs> you know, what's happening in the future. So, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have one episode per week where we're still going to bring the numbers. We're still going to unpack what's, you know, what's been happening in the in the previous game weeks and so on. But our focus is going to be largely on what's going on in the what or what we feel is going to happen in the in the following week. So yeah, uh, interesting that you you know that was exactly my thoughts about my game week as well. I got to fifty four points, so it was. Um, uh, a decent green arrow for, for me it could have been better i had uh, size on my bench first option on my bench and uh, i decided to play livramento over him and the reason being is that when you were going through the you know when we we're going through the fixtures last week and you told me about the model kind of predicting almost like a 50 50 between southampton and wolves i decided to hedge my my bets a little bit around it so knowing that i already have Raul jimenez in my forward line i decided to put in uh, livramento in my starting lineup so that just you know i think what would have drove me up the wall is if i doubled up on wolves players and southampton went and won like one no I think I would have been absolutely fuming, you know. So I decided to keep size on the bench and play Livramento. And I suppose it had the intended result, you know. It was a conservative move with conservative results, if you want to call it that over there. And uh, yeah, so I mean, those five additional points would have actually seen me rise up by like another 100,000 places or so. But it is what it is, and um, I'm not going to be worried too much about that. But yeah, uh, I think I'm more or less content with my week. Just, I think, frustrated with Reese James at the moment. Yeah, it's, it is frustrating when a, when a player comes back, gets injured, and then also you hear from the manager that uh, he wouldn't even have played if uh, Thiago Silva was fully, fully fit, which uh, definitely begs the question, Reese James suddenly gone from absolute hero to 
to a bit of a nightmare and I, d I think it, it, it looks like his minutes may be limited from here onwards. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be an interesting one because especially when you bring in someone on a wild card, you know, you and we brought, brought him for the reason that he has such a good run of fixtures coming in. It's almost like now you have a transfer booked effectively. And what makes it worse is that I have no money in the bank, which means that I'll have to kind of wait until I move Ronaldo out of my team before I can do any other defensive transfers. And uh, do, do you have any transfers in the uh, now that you've made your early transfer? Do you have any other transfers in the uh, uh, free transfers available or uh, are you banking one, rolling one into the international break? No, so I've, I've used up all my free transfers. This is the first transfer that I've actually been able to make. Uh, I think last week was, sorry, the first transfer that I was able to make by choice. Everything this season has been as a result of an injury or some t some terrible situation that I've had to get myself out of. So um, I, I brought in Gray last week for uh, uh, Trinkar. And yeah, luckily it paid off. And uh, yeah, at the moment, I, I, I've used my transfer early because Alonso was going up in price. And it's not like a massive thing, but with Shaw, Shaw was coming out of my team either way. He was a bit of an injury doubt as well. And... I just felt like let me let me pull the trigger now. It's it's a move that I'm going to make anyway, and the nice thing is I've got my wild card in my back pocket. So if anything serious happens during the week, I've still got that wild card to fall back on if I really need to get myself out of a jam. But I'm hoping that I can just keep my team as is, uh, roll it into next week. And honestly, I have no plans of playing my wild card anytime soon. Um, I've got pretty much a transfer each week mapped out. Um, plans to bring Grealish in in game week eight. Um, and then possibly, you know, to, uh, you know, guys like uh, I think Zaha and uh, and uh, uh, Tony from Brentford are definitely on my radar, and start looking to make very small changes. I think that the base of my team is starting to come together, and I think there are a lot of long-term picks that aren't going anywhere: Lukaku, Antonio, Salah, Rafinha, Trent, uh, Alonso, Sanchez. All of those players for me are complete complete holds for at least the next six weeks so i'm just going to start uh, playing around with with a few other positions that i've got and see uh, see what i want to do based on on performances yeah th th that sounds interesting and it's always nice to be in a situation where you feel like you can just keep your wild card every time i look at it like you know i i can't i've, I've two weeks in a row now since i've played my wild card i've, I've compared my team and my wildcard hasn't fully paid off yet, but I think deep down I knew that I was I was kind of you know fixing my team structure and essentially pre preparing from game week seven onwards, you know. So uh, I mm. never expected it to to pay off um, immediately. So at the moment I'm kind of breaking even, you know, between my pre you know my pre wildcard team and my current team. But yeah, I also got forced into a late transfer last week after Bamford. Um, was confirmed as uh, as as um, injured for the game. So easy one. I brought in Antonio, which was um, you know uh, how can I put it? Uh, not the worst transfer that you make, you know. And uh, 
Look, I was so happy to have Antonio back. I'm not even going to lie. It was, you know, sometimes when, when in FPL, when the decision gets taken out of your hands and you get to, to, and you're forced into doing it and you're happy to do so, that's one of the best transfers you can make, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. Um, and I'm not, I mean, he's, his stats are just phenomenal. I think uh, Antonio is one of those players that, just, that, that is just a must-have and hold this season while he's fit. You just want him in your team. So I did see that on, on Twitter quite a lot. Um, the transfer from Antonio to Bamford and Bamford back to Antonio was, I think, the most one of the most common uh, yeah. in FPL <laughs> Twitter this week. Yeah, I think, uh, and for me, it worked out kind of perfectly because, yes, I got in Bamford in my wildcard when Antonio wasn't available. And then I had the exact money to get Antonio right back in. And uh, it's almost like he never left. <laughs> he's, you know, he's been in my team for every single game that he's featured so far. So yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, the, that you know, I'm I'm so happy with that one. And um, so I made that transfer because I had the one free transfer, and I was kind of hoping to roll that into this current week, which meant that if I had two free transfers this week, I would have probably just used the one only, and then you know, and move Ronaldo to Lukaku. And that would have been set me up quite nice with the international break because then I would have had the two free transfers in, in my pocket plus some money in the bank uh, during the international break. And that would have been nice because then I'm safeguarded against price rises and so on, right? But I think under the circumstances, okay, fine, I had to use my transfer. But because of that over there, I think that as far as possible, I'm going to hold off on making any transfers this week. Just wait until the, you know, go. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Ronaldo for this week. I suppose he's against Everton, so it's not too bad. And then uh, I'll and and then I want my two free transfers during the international break. Yeah, I mean, keeping Ronaldo, I think, is is a fine option. He he. I think between Antonio, Salah, Lukaku and Ronaldo this week for game week seven, there's almost nothing splitting the, 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 the stats. They, they're all uh, projected to perform really well. And some of, it, some of them are projected to do well because of form and other ones because of how good the fixtures are. Um, Lukaku's numbers haven't been as impressive as, as Antonio or Salah this season. And he's got the easiest fixture, so that boosts him. And I think Ronaldo's got a decent fixture against Everton. So I think any of those four, um, you're very happy to, 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 to captain. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's my line of thinking uh, around this as well. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, like, I just want to... Look, I do have a concern over, like, say, now, especially with Reese James being out and he's not going to play tonight as well. Which means that um, when I say tonight against PSG, <laughs> just mm. so that everybody understands what, where, you know, on which day we're recording, it is Tuesday, 28th September. So, yeah, um, he he's definitely not going to play in the in midweek in Champions League, which means that he might be a, a severe doubt for a, a real real doubt for the for the weekend. And like you say, even if he's fit. He looks like a, a serious rotation risk as well, and that that for me 
just makes it so difficult because all of the defenders that I want are all more expensive than him anyway unless I go like maybe say even Rudiger is more expensive at the moment and I will you know so it just and I don't want to put Thiago Silva in my team because he'll just be the other rotation risk as well well, well Christ- Christensen is your your other option um and, and Chelsea are playing Juventus tomorrow night. It's uh, it's City that are playing uh, PSG tonight. Um, uh, sorry, but, yes, uh, uh, I got my fixtures mixed up. <laughs> wow, what a mess! <laughs> but it, it's the it's the two massive games. It's it's two it, exactly that. It's uh, Ronaldo's ex ex club, and now we've got the whole of the the, the greatest four lo- forward line in history uh, playing against playing against City. Um, so it'll be, it would be interesting to see how their their defense holds up. But yeah. uh, in terms of yeah, in terms of Chelsea defense, I would look at Christensen possibly as the as the other option. Isn't he a bit cheaper than? Uh, He's than actually the five million. You've given yeah. me a good idea. Watch me steal that live one <laughs> while recording and go and make that transfer now. Wow, what, that, that could that could sort me out big time. That right? that yeah. might solve the problem and give you a little bit in the bank just to just to have some wiggle room. Okay, um, there it is. <laughs> for, for, for the first time on the podcast that's it i'm making the transfer from james to christensen sorted is sorted no issues over there and, uh, and 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 i've got some money in the bank yeah I, no seriously i'm not even joking i think i'm going to probably do that because i've been looking at the minutes i think i was so fixated on the attacking returns as well but for a little bit less to have those uh, those clean sheets almost in the bank five million is is is, is really good value anyway yeah, and I think uh, I mean all the Chelsea options, probably other than James. I think you were, we were very unlucky with that. But uh, I think uh, hopefully Alonso keeps his minutes going and Chilwell doesn't doesn't start to to cause some issues. Um, but I think uh, Aspilicueta actually looks like quite a decent option now. Uh, looks like he might be uh, relatively nailed on. Perhaps maybe just slightly less than Rudiger, who <laughs> looks like the, the most nailed on defender from Chelsea. Um, and then you've got Thiago Silva, who had a very imp- impressive uh, performance uh, the week before um, I think it was in game week five so Chelsea defense I think you can't really go wrong you've just got to hope and pray that your your player gets the minutes and I think especially with with players like Rudiger like Christensen and I would suspect Alonso maybe as well I mean, I think not a week goes by where we talk about this way especially with the rotation risk players if you can get eight out of ten games from those players, I think you you you'll be fairly comfortable with that because they they do so well when they do play anyway that they kind of cover for the other two fixtures. And with players like Livramento, uh, who's the other ones I'm thinking of at the moment? Um, yeah, I was going to mention him. I mean, his from I think game week game week eight, nine, he's ten. Got a phenomenal um, fixture. Yeah, even eleven, twelve. He's he's got a, a decent run where. If one of your guys doesn't play, I mean, ha- coming having Livermento come off the bench, not the end of the world. Um, exactly, I'm looking at that there. So he's got Chelsea next up, but then after the international break, Leeds, Burnley, Watford, Villa, Norwich. That takes you so from game week eight to game week twelve. That I think that's a <laughs> that, that, that's quite a decent run right there. So especially if you're worried about the rotation risk, if you have options like uh, Livramento and uh, who's the other? There, there was one other four million. I'm thinking Duffy. Duffy is the one I'm, I'm mm. thinking of. If you have two guys like that on your bench, you really kind of sorted as well, I, I suppose. 
Yeah, it does help having a little bit of a little bit of depth for when uh, players do get rotated, and it just depends who you have. Like I think I've gone with a higher risk with Alonso, just to try and get those attacking returns. But I've seen a lot of people jump on Rudiger because he's the safe option, and he still seems to be you know, performing relatively well when it comes to to attack. So um, Rudiger seems the most nailed on. He was last season. Um, so there are options, it just depends on your makeup of your team, what you want to do uh, and whether you want to double up because I think uh, it is a serious consideration with, with the fixtures Chelsea do have on whether you want to go two Chelsea defenders or maybe Chelsea defender and the Chelsea keeper. Yeah, definitely. Um, something to consider, but yeah. I think, and Mendy's uh, been kind of a beast in, 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 as a goalkeeper as well. I mean, the saves he's been making this season has been quite phenomenal as well. So that's quite cool. Yeah, he has been great. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we've been talking about our teams and, uh, you know, we, uh, like I said, uh, so right now I'm, you know, I'm on 401 points overall. I had a bit of a slump, you know, after those f first three weeks, you know, kind of like took a bit of a dip. But like I said, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about my team going forward. I like the look of it. I still have a few doubts here and there, like not convinced by what's going on with Leicester at the moment. I've got Schmeichel as my keeper that I brought in as part of the wildcard. So mm. he's he's wearing my patience then a little bit, but I suppose you know what, he's got Crystal Palace up next and then Manchester United, then Brentford, Arsenal, Leeds, Chelsea, Watford, Southampton. So it's a bit of a mixed bag going up until like I see his his fixtures are great from like about game week thirteen till about game week sixteen or whatever, but yeah, I'm I'm not too worried about that. I'll ride it out for now, and if by some miracle I ever have a transfer to burn, I might just take him out of my team and get a cheaper keeper or whatever. But for now, I'm not too worried about that. It's just more a minor annoyance if you want to call it that. Yeah. But, but the the. I think the, the, the three other players in my team that I'm looking at and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know what, you know, like the jury is out, I suppose, is is, is Raul Jimenez and, and, and Romain Saez. I'm not overly convinced by Wolves still, but, you know, patience, I suppose, right? And, uh, and then the other one is Grealish, who you mentioned just now. I mean, uh, but looking at those fixtures, Game Week 8, Burnley, Game Week 9, Brighton, Game Week 10, Crystal Palace. So that's maybe something for us to look forward to over there. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would hold on to Grealish. I think he's the most nailed-on City assets. I think he's been very unlucky not to score more points. Um, City been, are ranked even, number even against, one. Uh, Chelsea as well. He had one or two chances to score as well. So yeah, he had a few good opportunities, and um, City are ranked first for attack going forward. Um, I would, I would definitely be keeping him. I'm looking to bring him into my team in game week eight. Uh, and then in terms of defense, you know, Wolves are ranked third uh, f for defense for the next six weeks. So I think just a little bit of patience there. Yeah, no, um, definitely. <laughs> Jimenez, I mean, Jimenez, sure. Uh, I had him since I think game week two because of uh, uh, the, the Watkins injury. And I've got zero returns until last week. So it does, patience does eventually pay off. Um, he's got Newcastle this week. I'm hoping that uh, he's sort of found some form and you can start uh, getting back to the to the old role that we knew but yeah yeah uh, that's the thing sometimes it is this balance between patience and and pulling the trigger um but i think jimenez is a good hold i think uh, grealish is a good hold so i don't think you have too many issues there 
No, definitely. And looking at the fixtures as well, Newcastle, Villa, Leeds, Everton, Crystal Palace. No, so there's some there's some fixtures with potential for Wolves as well, which I suppose gives me enough hope to actually just hold on for them to for a little bit longer. Yeah, and the other ones to speak about is Arsenal's uh, running also looks very good defensively. I think yeah. they ranked they ranked fourth at the moment on my, on my model, and they've got Brighton, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Leicester, Watford. So they've got a decent run of of defensive fixtures, and Ramsdale if he keeps his spot. There's a there's a cheap way. I know we spoke about it in a previous part, but there's a very cheap way into into yeah. a clean sheet goalkeeper. And, and you won't believe it. Like I resisted the urge to mention Ramsdale because we spoke about him last <laughs> week, I think. But when I was talking about Schmeichel just now, Ramsdale was the exact like Ramsdale, Raya, you know, those players mm. is is the type of players and that I'm looking. Is you could call it my short list if I ever made a keeper transfer, which I don't know, you know. But um, apart from that, over there, yeah, uh, I think, like you say, the fact that he's played three games in a row now, Ramsdale, this is, you know, and um, you know, look, we don't know what to make of Arsenal yet. I think it's too soon, but I, I would, I wouldn't mind based on what I've seen on your on the. On the on the predictions that you showed me on the model as well, I, I feel like if that's one transfer I could do, or if I was wildcarding right now, uh, then I would maybe consider just getting Ramsdale in, in. Yeah, it does almost open up the thoughts of having two 4.5 million keepers um, if you do wildcard, just to have because then you can go Ramsdale and not worry that you know if he does get rotated or if he loses his spot. And you could you can do a Sanchez and and uh, and Ramsdale combination, yeah, yeah. and it's not it's the same as having a five five million keeper and a and a four million bench footer. Yeah, you know um, I, I must say talking about that over there, I don't know if you like I think the, the the first the only time I've ever had rotating goalkeepers was like maybe in my first season or whatever it is, right? Because I wasn't I was so new to the game that I didn't kind of understand it. But since then, I haven't done it. And last season, I tried it with Matt Ryan and Alex McCarthy. And I tell you, almost every week, I got it wrong. So I just yeah. eventually got rid of the one. And then I was so happy once I did. <laughs> Sorry, not, not McCarthy. It was Emmy uh, Martinez and Matt Ryan. And I, and I got so tired of it. Like the one day I missed out on a massive haul from Martinez. And that's when I decided, no, stuff this. I'm done with it. And, and I never bothered trying to go back there again. Yeah, I wouldn't even bother trying to trying to pick a rotation for for goalkeepers like you say. I think if you went that route, you, you, as crazy as it sounds as, as it sounds, you'd have Sanchez as your as your backup goalkeeper, and just play Ramsdale. And the minute he loses his spot, then at least you've got cover and you're not wasting a transfer. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not it's not it's not necessary. It's just a, a nice to have. And yeah, I think I there's think a lot of opportunity. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity this season, I think, to do things like that and have a bit of a stronger bench uh, because of how well these very cheap midfielders are doing. Uh, Gray, Rafinha, Saar, um, I can't, I can't, I'm trying to think of other Zaha. Um, there, there are a lot of options. There's Alan very, Maximum as a forward option as well. Yeah, Less we've got St. Maximum, we've got yeah. Tony, you've got um, Gallagher from, from Crystal Palace. There's some really good cheap options out there. And with that brings the opportunity to have a little bit more balance and a little bit more depth in your in your squad yeah no de de definitely and 
I mean, I was looking at it as well. Like, I have Grealish in my team and he's 8 million now, okay? And when I'm looking at the midfield options, most of the midfielders that I have shortlisted are all way cheaper, <laughs> for example. Like, if I go like Jota and Greenwood, okay, they're still marginally cheaper. But even below that over there, it's like... It seems like whatever move that I will make, I will be freeing up money. Well, like, I mean, we spoke about holding Grealish, which I will do anyway. But looking at the, I was just looking at options. If I do replace him, the, every single option is cheaper. And the same goes like, I mean, we're talking about, we, you know, you, you have Lukaku and Ronaldo who are the expensive forwards. But apart from that over there, maybe you've got like Vardy who's like still around the 10-ish mark. But everybody else is like around 7.58 million and then you have St. Maximum underneath that there. So yeah, really, there, there's so many good budget options knocking about that. Yeah, like you said, it's so true what you're saying. And especially with the two 4 million defenders in like Levramento and, and Duffy who are playing regularly at the moment, it, it, it actually opens up so much of potential for the fact that you could have a fully playing bench. I'm not sure if I'd want the, the, the selection headache off that, but I think just to have some money in the bank as well, to give you that flexibility to, to, to be able to move your, you know, to, and, and so, you know, to uh, update your team structure, move premiums around or target a premium for one or two fixtures, they, it, it opens up those type of opportunities as well. Yeah, exactly. I think money in the bank is, one of the most underrated things I think in FPL and it's something that I got wrong at the beginning of this season because it, it severely limited my options when I had an injury for the wrong player um, and I wish I could go back and and you know we did speak about it briefly about having that 0 0.5 million in the bank <laughs> yeah, I remember. and I remember we did. Yeah. yeah I wish I could turn back the clock and, and have done that and it's interesting since I've built my, my player uh, prediction model I, I haven't really had that headache of of trying to spend all my money i'm just choosing the, the the players that are that are sort of popping up on the on the list of top 25 players and Getting using that ones, yeah. yeah trying to get the best make the best decision i can for the next six six to ten weeks and doing it that way is actually i mean i think i've had over i've had between one and two million in in, in the bank for the last few weeks now uh, which really does make your your life and your planning for for going forward a lot easier yeah, uh, de definitely. And that's why, like, uh, even when I built my wildcard team, and I think I spoke about it, but, I, you know, I, I deliberately put placeholders like Ronaldo in there and, and so on, knowing that in at any point in time, based on the, the moves that I'm predicting that I'll make over the next three, four, five weeks, they, it's in such flexible price points it was always i always had it at the back of my mind that when i'm making those transfers i want to free up funds so that i can move that to another place like so that let's say i move from ronaldo to lukaku then i have money to go and get Cancelo, or something like that there you know and uh, yeah it, it just having that in the back of my mind as well also has uh, and now i've got james to to, to christensen which has sorted me out with 0.6 so uh, <laughs> well, there so, we go yeah so so there uh, so so i'm sorted out with that one as well so yeah i know definitely i think uh, you know, and considering how, you know, I may as well touch on it because we we know we've been speaking about it for for like the past two weeks or whatever. But I think this, the uh, I think it was you know Andy from Let's Talk FPL. He said, well, you know, 
the the three premium fad really you know went out quicker than you know uh, going what four or five at the back at the beginning of the season you know because <laughs> after that one week where they all banged you had two weeks in a row now where it if you had those three premiums and i don't need to mention who those three players are you in you in deep crap unless you had players like sa and tony kind of like picking up the slack on yeah. the other side of it but if you if you're relying on the likes of pisuma and 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 maybe players like duffy and so on to kind of like cover for their points over there it, it it's it's been an absolute mess for those uh, for those type of teams yeah and the, the next question with with ronaldo specifically is is he going to be taking penalties because well, it really does make a massive difference. He should have just difference. listened to Martinez <laughs> and took the penalty. Right? And taken it, exactly. <laughs> but it is interesting because if, as far as I'm concerned, if Ronaldo is not taking penalties and Bruno is, it almost switches those two in terms of who the premium option for United is. Um, Bruno's value as a premium asset disappeared when he, when everyone assumed that he was off penalties, which I thought was 100% he was not taking the penalty. Um, if he is the penalty taker, um, yes, there are going to be fewer penalties this season than there were last season by quite a margin, but I think he still becomes an option, and especially when, yeah. when United's fixtures turn, I think I, I would prefer him over Ronaldo if, uh, if he is the penalty taker. Well, that's interesting because... I, I was thinking like, you know, at the back of my mind is that penalties isn't such a factor this season because fewer are going to be given. And based on that over there, considering that the the, the positions that Ronaldo takes up is mm-hmm. what's kind of swaying my thinking around that over there is that him playing as, you know, virtually the, you know, the fox in the box, if you want to call it that, is what is actually, you know, making me lean towards Ronaldo instead. But yeah, like you say, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I suppose if Bruno is on penalties, it means that he's not completely written off as an FPL asset. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting when you compare a midfielder to a forward in terms of actually looking at the, uh, the FPL numbers rather than just yeah, the expected yeah. data. Um, because the the midfielders get an extra point for a goal and an extra point for a clean sheet uh, over the forwards, the captaincy uh, becomes so much. The more captaincy becomes well. becomes hugely different, and also just your your EV gain over a long period of let's say ten weeks, um, or even six to ten weeks. That 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 small margin actually makes quite a massive yeah, difference because that one point, those two, one or two points extra along the way, yeah. excluding captaincy and so on. Yeah, no, I, and it, it I, affects I bonus points as yeah, well. I think yeah. uh, the midfielders are more likely to get the bonuses. Yeah. And if a guy like Bruno takes a penalty and scores, I can pretty much guarantee that he's getting three bonus points. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that goes for most of the the goal scoring midfielders, the top ones is that they, they, they're so heavily involved in the game that as soon as they score a goal, they almost like immediately get three bonus points. Uh, like if you look at Son, it's similar to that as well. Yeah. Yeah, if I, if I had to predict, I think it might be it might be an interesting thing with the penalties. I think that there might even be a, a situation where they sort of alternate. Um, I can't really in my mind see Ronaldo winning a penalty and not taking it. <laughs> yeah. And... 
I don't know. I just I can't picture it. I can't picture Ronaldo doing his thing, winning a penalty, and then handing the ball to Bruno. <laughs> so I think it's going to be interesting to see how it does play out, and yeah, whether it's a combination of the two, or whether it's uh, whether whether one of them actually takes the reins. Yeah, and then also we'll have to see if at some point in time Ronaldo starts to get rested in some games as well. So that would also be an interesting thing to see, especially when the fixtures start to get more as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, when the fixtures do, when Champions League is, is firing and cup games come along. Cavani might and get a few games here and there as well. Maybe maybe Cavani gets some minutes, but I, I think I'd be surprised if, if Ronaldo gets gets rested completely. I no, think he too. might just get me reduced too. minutes, yeah. um, which still has an effect. But uh, yeah, I think we're still, still a way away from that. Yeah, now talking about Ronaldo, the for two weeks in a row, Manchester United are kicking off the, the fixture. So the first fixture we'll be discussing is Manchester United versus Everton. And uh, should we listen to Gandhi and not captain the... The, the you know the, the early cap- kickoff the early kickoff yeah it, it's interesting <laughs> because this is such a big FPL thing that no one wants to captain the the kickoff fixture <laughs> that I think actually I think it was last season um, that someone actually went back and actually said no okay everyone's always saying this let me go back and actually crunch the numbers and it turned out to be just a an absolute uh, old wives tale when it comes to FPL so I think I don't don't worry too much about that, about that. two, two yeah. seasons ago when, when Liverpool won the league I triple captain Mo Salah at, against Watford uh, on, on the early fixture and he got 19 points wow and that is I, I don't think I've ever got more than a handful of points yeah, for a triple captain. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it was it was the most I've got by far. I think prior to that, they the most I've I've got. With with triple captains, he applied was twelve, and that season I ended up getting fifty seven points on my triple captaincy, and uh, because it was so simplistic enough, Salah just has such a great record against Watford that I didn't even think it. I just put him in. He was in great form, and uh, I remember he scored and he assisted. Uh, yeah, he scored one goal and I think he assisted another. And then right at the ending of the game, he got a simple tap in. And he, and, and uh, it was such a soft goal that Watford conceded. And I was absolutely over the moon because, you know, when you triple captain, that's 15 points right there with one goal, you know. So, yeah, I think it's a case of, yeah, look, you know what, we have this these memes and fun and games. But the reality mm-hmm. is, you know, you, you, you just really can't overthink it when it comes to that type of thing. No, I just I, I think this this week the captaincy options are very tight. So go with your guts, go with a player you think if you want to go with fixtures, go with a guy like Lukaku. If you want to go with form, go with Antonio. And if you want to go with class, go with go with Salah. And then there's Ronaldo who's also in that class bracket against Everton. So I think any one of those four can't be a bad option. I think Vardy is an outside pick as well this week. Um, I wouldn't write him off. He is he scored two goals last week and he looks also in incredible form so yeah well yeah, yes, yes, yes something to 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 give us a little bit of thought in this fixture everton have the second lowest uh, expected goals conceded of 5.5 and but they and, and they've conceded seven at the moment so no surprise to has the lowest expected goals conceded manchester city with 2.83 now yeah. So what this tells us is that it 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 uh, it definitely uh, feeds into what you're saying in that there's no particularly good standout op- captaincy option this week, 
but uh, the and maybe that type of you know such a low XGC number for Everton will will attest to that. But again, you know Manchester United, Ronaldo, you may as well go for it, right? Yeah, well, I'm going to counter your your XGC and uh, with the with the 17% chance of Everton keeping a clean sheet in game week seven. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I suppose you just need that one return, right? And then you exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then as far as expected goal, you know, expected XG is, is concerned, Manchester United have the the fourth highest with uh, with 10.10, but in terms of overperforming XG. Manchester United are second. Uh, they perform outperforming it by two point nine zero at the moment. So um, they they have an xG of 10.10, but their actual goals is thirteen. So they it is it shows that they can feed off scraps as well and being able to get goals. So that's something that we'll have to take into consideration. So I suppose there's the counter as well to say that actually maybe they they are capable of overperforming an XG. So you may as well not worry too much when captaining Ronaldo. Yeah, I I wouldn't worry too much about that either. I think think it's a good fixture for them. Um, And I think also they're going to come out firing. It's uh, amazingly enough, people are calling for uh, Ole his head, which I just find absolutely bizarre. I think he's done an amazing job at United. Um, so there seems to be a little bit of a, a fire that's been lit under him as well. So I yeah. think expect them to come out firing against Everton. Yeah, I think whenever you know you have expectations increasing when when you have these star players coming in or whatever, you know. But what people don't realize is that. You know, it, it takes time for, 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 for so many players to bed into the team as well. Exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. And then, uh, so on, on the Everton side, I, do, I have Damari Gray as well. And he's been, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, again, he's another one, I suppose, kind of feeding off scraps at the moment. I mean, the, the, the numbers aren't the best for Everton at the moment. But, I mean, in terms of uh, overperforming on XG, they're just slightly below uh, Manchester United with 2.52 because they have an XG of 9.48 and they've scored 12 goals. So they're also uh, not, you can't rule out possibly a maybe a 1-1 draw potentially over there with Gray getting an assist as well, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to start. I don't think we can say whether, I think the game is going to be a little bit more high scoring than a one-one. If I had to, if I had to guess, yeah. Um, but Gray, I, I wouldn't expect Gray to to perform this week. If he if he gets anything for me, it's a bonus. This uh, he was never. Yeah, I always brought him year, in for the year. for yeah. the Norwich fixture. Um, so I think with the Everton guys, I think Gray is probably the best Everton option at the moment. Um, their defence, I wouldn't really be touching. So I think it's just a case of of playing him and hoping that you that you get something out of the game. And then if not, got some good fixtures coming up: West Ham, Watford. Um, so, I think at least you at least want to hold on to Gray for the for the game week nine uh, Watford game at home. And okay, yeah, no, definitely, I, I, I'm I'm really with you on that. I think whatever I get out of Gray over there definitely is a bonus as well. You know, yeah. And then the next fixture, probably the 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 second best fixture of the weekend is Burnley <laughs> and Norwich. Now. Um, Man, I'm I'm really not gonna waste too much time on, on this one. Both of them have, uh, you know, they they sitting on within the bottom four in terms of xG and in terms of uh, expected goals conceded. They both sit within the top six. 
And uh, in terms of just tip, would you, would you just tip this slightly in Burnley's favor? Look, I think Norwich have been so terrible. I think can't get I think worse. It's, yeah, <laughs> I think it's de- firmly in Burnley's firmly in Burnley, Burnley's fa- favor. Um, and if you want a super spicy, extra spicy uh, <laughs> captaincy pick this week, Chris uh, Wood. Chris Wood, yeah. <laughs> I figured. I knew you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that. So that's our super spicy captaincy out of the way, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then next up, probably one of the the, the fixtures that uh, Chelsea, you know, uh, the the owners of Chelsea assets will be looking at is against Southampton. Now Southampton. Again, they, they're not looking bad. They're sitting kind of middling in terms of expected goals conceded and uh, in terms of expected goals. They're not great either way. They're not poor either way. So uh, do you expect this to, to kind of follow the trend of what we saw uh, Southampton do against City, against United, against West Ham and keep it a low-scoring game? Or do you think that Chelsea are the team that will finally get Southampton to crack? I think Southampton have done incredibly well, uh, but for me, I'm just going to go with the numbers, and I, I've got Southampton at only 12%, which is the lowest this week in terms of a clean sheet yeah. probability. So I you're saying Lukaku that if is, you have Lukaku in there, captain him? I think that's where my head's at at the moment. I'm so tempted to to just go against everyone and captain Salah against City because I have this feeling that it's going to be they're going to be some goals in that game. He has a de- um, and he has a decent record against City as well. Over he, the has years. A, yeah. he has a very good record. Um, so that's the only thing that I'm sort of toss up. And then, you know, we spoke about it. I've got Antonio as well. And Antonio is uh, against yeah. Brentford after the after the Liverpool fixture. You know, there might be some goals in that fixture. So I think Lukaku, for me, I haven't quite decided, but Lukaku's... As it stands, Lukaku has my, my arm bad. Interesting. And talking about XG numbers or overperforming XG, Chelsea are the highest in that regard, 3.61. So they have an XG of 8.39 and they've scored 12 goals. So by far, you know, they, they get chances and they finish it even if it's from tight angles. So, yeah, no, it, it, it looks good for them at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a good, it's a great fixture for them. Funny enough, what what surprises me about Chelsea, in terms of XGs from set play, they have the third lowest, which I would expect with the Giants in their team that they would have been much more higher. So yeah, maybe the deliveries are poor, but yeah, it's it, it's one of those things that baffles me a little bit. I would expect that figure to go up as uh, Mason Mount's minutes go up. He's been carrying a few injuries and oh, yeah, yeah. He, he's the guy who really puts the quality balls in, uh, I think, on those set pieces. So I would expect that number to increase, um, especially with their fixture run coming up and if Mount uh, comes back and is fully fit. Yeah, no, they definitely will. If they ask here to take the, 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 the set pieces, you know, I think he'll just be, you know, crossing on site without even thinking. Basically, Traore, you know, but in Chelsea version. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah. So I think uh, yeah, looking at those fixtures as well. You know, I've got Livramento back on my bench again, so because I wouldn't want to take chances putting him up against Chelsea. But uh, yeah, so not not much to talk about there, I suppose. In a few weeks' time, we'll probably be talking about Southampton assets a bit more. But then next up is Leeds and Watford. Now, uh, you know, R- Rafinha is a legend. I've had him since game week one. I keep on saying this. I-, I think every week I say I've had him since game one, game week one. 
and now he's got three goals in six games. And I think that's so incredible, man. It's, it, you know, he's one of those players that's so exciting to watch. And he hit the bar, you know, in a second attempt similar mm. to that against West Ham as well. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, it, it looks like at least he has a, a, you know, he kind of has like a high floor. But also the ceiling, I think he hasn't touched it yet as well. Yeah, he, he could easily have got a, a couple more goals in the last few games. I mean, there's one opportunity that I think we, we spoke about previously. We, we were all screaming at the TV for him just to shoot. shoot. Yeah. Um, so he could have had more for sure. Uh, this is going to be, I think, I think Rafinha, it's going to be a great week for him. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think Bamford is still an injury doubt. So I think Rafinha is your, your Leeds man. Yeah. Um, and I think on the uh, on, in this fixture, I think both. I, I don't think you want to be really going for defenders. Um, Leeds defense has been pretty poor. Um, Watford defense uh, also not 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 fantastic. They so, might probably follow similar result like we saw at Watford and Newcastle last week, where it was two two. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good call. And yeah. I think um, if you're a, if you're a saw owner, I think uh, you'd be quite happy to be to that he's How's playing that up for against a spicy captain option there, yeah. Saw or Rafinha. <laughs> I'm I'm still not sold on Saw. I must be honest. I think uh, at the moment he still falls into my into my bandwagon uh, sort of uh, box. Well, he's of not going to play against Norwich and Newcastle every week. Well, that's right? the thing. Yeah, and and also, well, to back that up. Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, Norwich have the lowest XG so far this season with 5.3. Uh, sorry, why am I talking about Norwich? I'm thinking Watford. So Watford have 5.52 and they've scored seven goals. So it's not like they're creating bad loads of chances. They've just taken two very good fixtures and done well in it, which is kind of how we play FPL anyway. But looking at the upcoming fixtures for Sa, I'm not convinced as well. Like, I suppose maybe this is the time I'm looking to kind. Of, maybe after the Leeds fixture, I'll be looking to offload him. Yeah, I mean, he's. If you look at Watford as a team over the next six fixtures, they are stone cold last on my model in terms of attacking uh, capability. So. I don't know if you really want to be having players that are ranked 20th out of 20 teams for for what they should produce um, at, at, at the top end of the field. Yeah, yeah. No, de de definitely. And, and that's why, like, I think, look, well done to the people who brought in Saar for those two fixtures. I think it would have been a great move if you had a transfer to do it, bring him in and then kind of like for these two or three fixtures or whatever. But now it doesn't seem like something that's going to be working in the long run anyway. Yeah, I can't I can't see it at the moment. Um, yeah. We can obviously monitor it as, as the next few weeks plan, play out. Uh, they've got Liverpool at home in game week eight. I don't think that that's going to be particularly good for them, even though uh, Liverpool conceded three last week. Um, so even, I though, think, yeah. even though he absolutely demolished Liverpool the last time we played them at Vicarage Road, then <laughs> yeah. it was an absolute shocking performance, but he did brilliantly. Yeah. I mean, he's such an exciting player, right? Both Sarah and Rafinha, I love watching them play. But yeah, um, but yeah, look, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I just can't see, I don't see him as a viable option at the moment. I think if you if you had him, the bandwagon's finished now. I think the it, it's done. Yeah, I think I think you want to basically hold him for this Leeds game, and then I would offload him next yeah. week. Yeah. 
And then the next one, Wolves and Newcastle. My goodness, Wolves, man. Uh, I, I, I still, you know, like they, you know, people should find themselves somebody as loyal who, as me, as I've been to Wolves. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, they've tested my patience. But look, you know what? We've spoken about them earlier. Patience is key over here because they still have some some brilliant XG numbers there. They, but they are definitely when it comes to underperforming XG, they're underperforming XG by far. They're more than double underperforming compared to Norwich, who's second. Norwich are underperforming by 3.3. Wolves are underperforming by 7.06. So they have an XG of 10, which is 10.06, which is actually the fifth highest in the league. But they have only three goals to show for it, which is absolutely shocking. It's uh, only Norwich has scored less than them so far this season. But yeah, uh, looking at it, you you think that okay, if there's any, if this could potentially be a goal fest as well. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm not on the goal fest side with this game. Or I think maybe one-one. Uh, yeah, I think wolves. Wolves are actually quite high in terms of clean sheet probability. They're yeah, at forty percent. Well, that, that's true. They've actually been looking good defensively. In, yeah. in fairness, as well. Yeah. So I mean, they're looking good defensively. They're struggling to score goals. So I think I think we'll see a, a probably a lower scoring fixture here. Uh, I'm hoping that him and my faith in Jimenez is uh, sort of pays off. But uh, yeah, I think it's a good fixture for Wolves. It's it's yeah. Newcastle have been pretty pretty hard, so hopefully we get some goals from them. And then yes, uh, uh, Wolves are sitting third in terms of the in terms of expected goals conceded. They've only had five point eight nine, so and they've conceded five goals. So it's not a a big variance there either, and uh, which means they're not over or underperforming. So yeah, I mean Roman Saiz and Raul Jimenez become our options for this week yeah and i think tomatoes look pretty good for wolves i think that's true if, if yeah. he was a better finisher i think he could easily have had three goals uh this season already this season yeah that, but he that's just true, yeah. and it's a bit frustrating it's the wolves frustration with traore <laughs> with tomato <laughs> just the lack of finishing um, but raul jimenez what a goal man what a run yeah he, what a, he set what a, a few goal. players down on the floor as well that was quite amazing and then the player we're talking about you know um send maximum from from newcastle he just seems to, again, I, I suppose, like, you know, we have all these eccentric players like Rafinha, Sa, uh, uh, Saint Maximan, you know, they, they're such exciting players to watch. But he seems to keep on coming in with these returns here or there. So I suppose he's one to watch. I mean, but, and he's a budget enabler potentially, but maybe this might not be the game for him, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not sold. I'm holding off on on Wilson coming back. Wilson coming back from injury. Actually, I'm happy to go with Wilson because he's got the numbers behind him. Whereas Saint Maximum for me just just doesn't doesn't come close to the yeah, same class of player. Wilson probably is just one of those where he's almost like fixture proof and he's cheap enough to just put in your team. And you can just go with him without worrying too much about what's going on. With him. He just always seems to score. If if Newcastle score, you can pretty it's, much guarantee that Wilson's on the Wilson scorecard. Scores. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. And I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one over there. And uh, next up is, uh, so the last fixture on the Saturday is Brighton and Arsenal. So crazy end to the Brighton game over there. 
I was so thankful that Brighton did not keep a clean sheet. I know, okay, for me, who's a non-Brighton uh, uh, defense owner, but uh, yeah, I mean, Mopé at the end over there, what a goal and what an end. And then Sanchez gets a yellow card after the full-time whistle. Feltman gets a, 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 an assist and some bonus points or whatever. <laughs> and then Arsenal have been on a run. They've completely wiped the floor with Spurs the other day. Uh, what you make of, of this fixture over here? Could be this be the one where uh, where you can do you see a lot of goals in it or maybe a low scoring draw potentially over here? Uh, I think it could be quite low scoring. Uh, Arsenal and uh, Brighton are around thirty percent to keep a clean sheet. Um, Arsenal did really well against uh, against Spurs last week. I think that surprised a lot of people. And Spurs, well, Spurs are just Spurs are just so, yeah, yeah. Spurs have just been terrible the last few weeks. They started the season so so brightly and then just have looked terrible. So it's amazing how quickly it changes. Suddenly, it, you know, everyone everyone was hating on Arsenal at the beginning, of the first first three four weeks, and now it's just completely flipped to to Spurs being being the terrible London team. So I think yeah, I think a low scoring fixture though with with Brighton and Arsenal. Well, here's some news that I'm just having a look at now that's just come in. Um, but for a few minutes ago, um, James Pierce has just tweeted that uh, Trent's not gonna, uh, probably not going to play this weekend. Wow, that's uh, that's some big news. I think that's going to... Yeah, he's got yeah, a... Gro- so, looks so, like a groin issue. Yeah, so, so, so that's an interesting one. Uh, I suppose... Wow, I mean, you wouldn't want Trent to miss any fixtures, but if you are going to miss any fixtures, maybe from an FPL perspective, it kind of makes it easier not to have Trent in your team, I suppose. It could be time to to offload. Honestly, I think with the, the just how good Chelsea defenders are, that there's a there's a potential double up and uh, and Trent out for a bit. Yeah, I, I suppose there's an option, or oh, there's the likes of Cancelo as well. If you're looking to get in a city defender, true, very true. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's. They've got some tough. Uh, they've got Liverpool this week, um, which is tough. But then after that, it's uh, it's pretty pl- plain sailing. I think uh, they've got Burnley, Brighton, and Crystal Palace in the next three afterwards, which all smell like clean sheets to me. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, so uh, any players in sp- uh, specifically that you'll be looking at targeting from the Brighton, Brighton, and Arsenal games. Not yet. I haven't. Uh, uh, there's there's nothing really exciting me about either team, um, and their fixture run. Uh, I mean, Arsenal's defensive uh, run definitely is on my radar. But there's there's no player. It's interesting because they they rank fourth in terms of defensive capability for the next six weeks, but there's not a single Arsenal player that that's popped up on my on my list um, in terms of actual player projections. So maybe as a unit they'll do well, but individually it, they're just not good FPL assets at the moment. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be that, that attacking threat from any of the defenders at the moment. Um, I think just for now I'm just going to just sort of wait and see. That I'm not I'm not rushing to bring any Arsenal or Brighton players in. Yeah, yeah. And then on the Sunday fixtures, we've got Palace and Leicester. Now, Palace have actually, I suppose, surprised a few of us. They've started fairly brightly. And uh, Conor Gallagher, he's, he's getting returns. You know, he's got another assist to his name as well for Zaha's effort, I suppose. Well, assist in terms of, well, penalty, right? So, uh, yeah. now, I suppose, you know, you, you, you did mention him as one of the options in terms of the model, you know, but uh, coming up against now Leicester. Now Leicester, 
is a bit of um what can i say they're so underwhelming this season you know they but Vardy keeps on scoring <laughs> Vardy just never has never stopped scoring since yeah. uh, since he came to the premier league and i, I think for me when, it, when if we're talking about gallagher and crystal palace i think i i personally would rather pay the extra 1.4 million or whatever it is or less for uh, zaha i think uh, he is a guy that's that that is just he's on penalties first of all he, he's just a proven proven track record when it comes to premier league and if you are looking to go for a palace player I'd rather pay the extra money and, and go yeah. for Wolf. I suppose with him, you have to also time it because he also seems to be a bit of a purple patch player as well. Big time, big time. And if yeah. you can time that patch right and with the right fixtures, I think you you can definitely get some big differential He's points with a guy like Zaha. So many times. I think I'm I think I'm the the yin to your yang um, <laughs> because Zaha as an FPL pick has been probably one of my one of my favorites. I, I always seem to catch him in the right time. Sterling has been my lucky charm. I've, <laughs> I for some reason even last season when he wasn't that attractive in FPL asset, yeah. I managed to always get him in for the right fixtures. He'll okay. return for me. I'll get him out, and then he won't do anything for. Okay, a while. so well, there, there's the balance. So I just found it because <laughs> I've never had. I don't think Sterling's ever scored a single FPL point for me. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so so yeah. Um, what, what's your take on this Palace and Leicester fixture, though? I think uh, I think Leicester are big favourites. I think uh, I would expect uh, Vardy well, to be on the score sheet. Well, I hope yeah. they just keep a clean sheet. I, yeah. I haven't had one single clean sheet in my FPL team so far this season. Not one. Sure. Yeah, I think I think Leicester Leicester have been disappointing defensively. They've they've gone from being one of the top ranked uh, defensive sides all the way down to twelfth now, and I think it's just a reflection of of how poor their defence has been. Yeah. So it's it's been I think you've been unlucky with, with that Schmeichel pick as well. I think you, you know they they've just deteriorated and they and hopefully now they can turn it around and uh, and start sh- start showing some defensive strength. Yeah, no, definitely uh, because I feel like that's one of those where I essentially took out Bachmann and Foster out of my team and put in Schmeichel and mm. um, and Ward and then Foster goes and plays two games in a row and gets three points each which is quite <laughs> frustrating yeah you know? that's quite annoying you know yeah and then uh, uh, but anyway let, let's see how that one goes and then the next one is Spurs and Villa so we've been I mean look Villa were quite good against I think that's an understatement they, they played really well on the weekend yeah, Villa were very good, um, and to to walk away um, with three points uh, against United anywhere is is quite an achievement. So, really, really did well. Um, I think that you know their, their defense is actually their their defenders have come away with some massive points in the last couple game weeks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think and they're playing uh, a three-five-two almost with wing backs with the Matt Target and Matty Cash as well. Yeah as the wingbacks and I think that for me is one way if we get a good set of fixtures at some point in time especially with Cash with Matty Cash he takes quite a few shots and so on I'd really be interested in looking at him uh, as a serious uh, asset in the team yeah for sure options and I think Spurs have looked so terrible um, you can never count Sun out I think he he just always seems to score and he's yeah. he's got the most insane insane outperformance you know of so xg out of any player i had him for the first three games and it was amazing 
He got me two double digit holes and I captained him for one of those. And then I take him out of my team and Spurs are so crap, yet he still outscored the players that I replaced him with in my wildcard who have so much better fixtures and better numbers. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like you, you start to wonder, should I have just kept him in? Look, you always have hindsight in FPL, you know, but yeah. it just shows that with certain players with the quality over there, you can never just write them off. It's like Vadi, for example. Yeah, Sana's quality is is just unheard of. Uh, last season, he performed in, in FPL terms at a delta of 180%, and this season he's at 190%. So, he, he, it doesn't XG numbers don't really mean anything to him. He, yeah, he's he, he he's just a phenomenal anyway. finisher, and he just he just doesn't seem to miss. So he's a player I think, regardless of how bad Spurs are playing, he's a guy that's always going to be on my radar. I think at 10 million, it, it's a, it becomes a quite difficult um, to to want to bring him in, but I don't think count him out. I think he is yeah. for sure, for sure the guy that you should be should be looking at if you are looking for a Spurs asset. Yeah, I'll probably look to time the fixture run with him again as well because. Mm. Uh, Again, you know, at 10 million, he, he also becomes a captaincy option as well. And uh, I wouldn't wa- not wa- want him there if, if I'm not going to captain him as well. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And uh, so what's your take on this one? Do you think uh, Villa may just edge this one against Spurs? I mean, Spurs have looked so terrible. I think they're in for a tough, t- tough, tough time. So I think, yeah, I think it could be... I'm going to say draw, but I think... Uh, I, th- I think... Uh, Spurs are going to be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, well, looking at the way they're playing, they've come under so much of criticism that, yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a, lot, a lot of pressure going into that game. And then the next one, West Ham and Brentford. Now, we spoke about the, the FPL. Uh, well, if, if Salah is the king of FPL, then Antonio is definitely the prince, right? So mm. now, looking at Antonio over here, Again, we, we saw the Brentford defense finally being tested. They went from having the, the, the second, high, uh, second lowest XGC, and now they're all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, they're not that bad. They're still in, they're in fifth, but it's almost doubled in one game. Do you think West Ham, again, will also trouble or test that defense out again come this weekend? Yeah, I think definitely. I think uh, I think we're going to see some goals here from West Ham for sure. Um, and it's a question of whether Brentford can play as well as they did against Liverpool uh, last week. Um, and then, yeah, I think if you if you are an Antonio owner, which I think the majority of guys are, it's definitely a fixture to look at uh, possible captaincy. Considering that West Ham haven't had the best of defence either the 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 season. Do you think like Tony or Mbuemo or someone like that comes into this game and and could end up being quite a factor and, and get some returns in this game? Uh, yeah, I don't think you can rule those two out. I think they've they've really played extremely well. Um, I wouldn't be looking to bring them into my team yeah. with Chelsea, Chelsea up next week. But I think from game week nine, I think uh, Tony actually, Tony or uh, Mbuemo, both look like good options. And you've got Leicester, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle and Norwich Newcastle seems to be the two fixtures that everyone wants to target at the moment. So if you want to gear up for that in game week 11 and 12, I don't really see you you going too wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, no, look, Brentford were amazing on the weekend. I thought they played phenomenally well. Yes, 
Liverpool could have defended better, definitely. They didn't deal with the long ball very well. But looking at the way Brentford played, I mean, you can't take anything away from there. They were, they, they were quite good. Yeah. I and it, even when I look at the result, I think, you know what? Yeah, it can feel like two points dropped. But I think it was, you know, in, when I look at it back, it's not one that I look back at the game and I think, oh, crap, you know what? We should have won the game. And I look up on it at frustration. I think both teams did fairly well. And I think it was a fair result. And it was a really hard-fought game as well. Yeah, it was, I thought, a fair result. I thought Liverpool defence was pretty atrocious. Um, but again, Salah could have had some more some more goals. Brentford could easily have also scored more. Jota uh, and Salah could have both ended off with double digits. Yeah. Uh, at the end there. And, and whoever doubled up on them would have been rolling in points on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I think West Ham, yeah, if, if you've got... Ben Rama, if you've got uh, Antonio, I think you, you're in for a good, uh, a good, for a good week. Well, we may as well talk about Ben Rama while we, uh, because we were kind of like waiting on a case of wait and see regarding him earlier in the season. What do you make of him now? Is it some? Is he somebody now where you're looking at him and thinking, okay, he's a viable option now? Not for me. I don't think he he fits in the category of doubling up and. Antonio is just so far ahead that Antonio is a fixture in everyone's in everyone's team at the moment. Um, for me to double up on players, there really has to be some phenomenal reason. Um, you know, Jota wasn't even, in my, in my opinion, good enough it has for, to the, be for the, the level Liverpool of double Kane up. and Son last season. I mean, when Kane and Son were firing, or if I really think back to sort of. Um, Suarez and Sturridge days yeah. when when Liverpool had that phenomenal uh, 100 goal plus season. Yeah. I think that that's the kind of double up that I would almost it's almost too good to resist but otherwise I'm I'm quite quite against it as a general rule from FPL. So for me I'm not a I'm not a fan. I'd rather go with some of the other options, spread my risk a little bit, look at more bonus points, all the all the other reasons. Also when you start getting into tough fixture runs, you don't have a you don't have that issue of two players yeah. instead of one yeah. um so yeah it's still a no for, it's still a no for me <laughs> if you didn't have antonio will you look at ben rama as a serious option yes if i didn't have antonio then ben rama for me comes into the picture um okay cool yeah no i just wanted to see where you know what your your, your feeling around ben rama is you know specifically yeah and Salah squad against Porto. Well, I hope VAR doesn't chalk it off tonight to my <laughs> statement. And then, uh, and then the last fixture, you know, uh, the the one that we're probably waiting for at Anfield, Liverpool versus City. Now, this this has to be a cracker, right? The, there's never you we can't see it definitely can't be the same as last season when you had this game where each both teams were sitting back and almost were defending and scared to attack surely they have to go go and and go guns blazing in this one right it's yeah it's interesting my model predicts this to be the the highest scoring game of the week um, wow, and i think it's just due to the yeah. it's due to the just the attacking quality of both teams i mean the, the Liverpool guys can score against anyone and then you've got pretty poor Liverpool defence at the moment versus an incredible uh, City attack so I do think there will be goals in this one I think I'll be surprised if it's really sitting back and if there's no Trent 
that could change things as well for Liverpool. I think that that actually might make them, you know, sort of hang back a little bit more um, without having Trent. Uh, I was going to say, I think it actually might play make Liverpool stronger to a certain extent yeah. because I was thinking like City might generally try and target that area I mean we've seen other teams do it before try and play those long balls behind Trent knowing that he's going to that he's got too far forward yeah. yeah but if also on the flip side we've seen in the past like you know every team has their kryptonite you know like I, I'd say like our in terms from a Liverpool perspective, our kryptonite is the likes of a Chelsea, Atletico Madrid, those teams which are very, very drilled, well drilled in defence. And uh, whereas like City's kryptonite is Liverpool, where yeah. they as soon as the the game starts getting frantic and high paced, it it's almost like it plays into Liverpool's hands. So they'll want to try and slow the game down. And I think if there's any team that can test out that City defence, it's probably the Liverpool attack. Yeah, the Liverpool attack is just phenomenal. Um, and the City attack is is equally as good. I think they're just, you know, they're missing that, that centre forward. And I, yeah. I think yeah. Liverpool are sort of in a similar boat. I think Jota has been a little bit dis- disappointing in Firmino's yeah, absence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... It should be a firecracker game, and it's it's these games that are going to decide the league this season, in my opinion. So, I mean, Pep, it was a Pep masterclass against Chelsea last week. The way they pressed Chelsea was was incredible. So, it'll be interesting to see how they come out, whether they do a similar thing where they really put maximum pressure on on the Liverpool defence, or whether they they choose a more uh, sort of measured approach. But uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. It should be should be. A you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think the way Chelsea play as well, you know, slightly slower game, maybe actually suits City a little bit more as an opposition because it's like you know they they're not worried about a team like you know the Chelsea team are not just going to swarm you and relentlessly press you like what Liverpool do for example right yeah and I think maybe that kind of helped City a little bit I mean if you look at and and because City decided to to go ahead and press anywhere I think that played in Chelsea played into their hands a little bit and like I said it's not a case of teams being better than each other or whatever it's just that naturally you're going to have some teams suited to play each other more than others and i think uh, and like i say look you know what that's not to say that liverpool are favorites going into this game not by any means but i'd say that i i think it's going to be a great test for both teams I think we're going to see the the, the, the the city defense finally being tested. And then I, I think also we're going to have to make sure that we finish a little bit better, especially guys like Mane and so on, making sure that they put their chances away. Yeah, and, and I think really, really don't rule out Salah as a captaincy option. Yeah. He is just, the, the man's stats are just absolutely phenomenal. And they might not be as high you know the sort of blue skies in terms of how many goals he can score in a fixture like this but you know a, a goal and and three bonus points or a goal and assist and a few bonus points i mean that that's what you're looking for when it comes to captaincy I options mean, i captained him last year i think it was the game finished one one but he scored the one goal and he came away with bonus points and then, yeah 
you know, I didn't have much of captaincy options that that, that week. So I just went in doubt, Captain Salah, and then he's, he came away with the returns anyway. So, yeah, I mean, he's what it is. So, exactly. yeah, no, uh, look, um, it's going to be a really cracking game. I can't wait for that personally. And, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to see how Liverpool set up. My only concern is, you know, um, you know, our creative outlet, you know, from that right-hand side, how will that affect the ba- balance of the team overall? But also the stats show that Trent actually assists Mane more than he assists Salah as well. So maybe that's something that we can kind of cling on to in this type of fixture. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they, that's really, really going quite far into it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be a cracker. I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, after that, we're going to have the international break. And then let's see what happens. I think we'll see a lot of wild cards getting activated during that time. Like you said, Greg, you 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 banking your wild card now, which is awesome. I'm going to be making a force change from James to to Christensen, and now I'll have to decide what am I going to do with Trent. Do I pull the trigger on another transfer? Do I possibly just wait one more? week and, and, and play Livramento in there. I don't know. I'll have to decide. I've got a few days and I can decide what to do with that at the moment. But yeah, like bringing Cancelo before Liverpool game feels a bit disingenuous. But man, I, I, I think at the same time, if you're just going to play him through one fixture and then knowing to avoid like any possible price rises or whatever, then it may be worth it. But I'll have to decide around that. Yeah, I think it's a good. I think I think just let's wait for some more com- confirmed news, uh, some te- some press conferences, and then make our calls late. But I wouldn't, uh, you know, I think Cancelo is a very good uh, replacement for for Trent. If you if you are looking to replace him, if you're not willing to take the gamble that he that he gets back to full fitness after the international break, um, or or one of the Chelsea guys, I mean, you're going to have money to spend. That's the one advantage. Yeah, de- definitely. And looking at it as well in terms of price, dr- possible price drops, Alexander Arnold is seven point six at the moment, and so that means it's like. And since I have him from game week one, it's not like I'm gonna any. I've got time before I can determine, you know, where his price drops specifically. It's more so about the prices increasing of of the possible replacements that I'm looking at. But yeah, I, I think if I can, I'd like to take it into the na- international break and hope that it's just one game that he's missing. Yeah, let's let's wait for more news. But if, if that's the case, I, I think I'll probably hold on to him. Yeah. Okay, dude, uh, that was a brilliant chat. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up probably during the international break. And uh, yeah, man, in uh, good luck for the for this upcoming game week and hopefully we have another cracking week of football yeah same to you Cloud. all the best for the weekend um enjoy it and uh, hopefully all the guys fire and we get some some big uh, green arrows yeah talking about that finally we've had an average score of under 50 this whole <laughs> season 44 points that's absolutely not so 43 points yeah that yeah that's quite really really it feels like a normal game week again where you can get just go touching 60 points and get a green arrow which is quite uh, cool yeah anyway cheers dude we'll catch up uh, again during the international break cheers glad